Hey, I'm Brian Ganswright. My wife and I own Sunflower Studio. We have a yoga studio and a personal training studio. Uh, we've been doing that collectively, all put together in one form or another for about 10 years. Um, we're located down in South Overland Park, about 148th and Metcalf down there. And COVID was a huge transition for us, so that's how the business evolved to the next level. So, got there. You've been doing it for how long? My wife's been personal training for 10 years now, and uh, she's been doing that out of our home at one point, out of our garage. You know, it's kind of progressed as things have gone. Uh, I've been teaching yoga for about a year now and left the corporate job and, and transitioned into being in business, which wasn't the first time in business for me, but being back in business for myself. And yoga is the, the vehicle and probably the best one I've ever found. So Nice. So you've been doing that full-time for about a year? You I started in this last fall, actually, right in the height of all this COVID craziness, uh, laid off from the corporate job. Kind of got forced into it. Yeah, we were essential workers until we weren't essential. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, at that point, it actually came to be that uh, my wife and I were going through a, f a photo shoot because I'm also a photographer and we do some fitness photography at the studio now. But she was going through a yoga practice and I've got some injuries from the army and my knee and my back and everything. And I was just having a hard time getting up and down and moving around doing that. And I, I think COVID became a big opportunity for me because I never would have gone into a studio not knowing anything about yoga. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of guys, we have that mentality. We're not going to go in there with 30 people that know everything that's going on. So I started practicing at home and I went from not being able to touch my toes to just being able to move the body the way it was supposed to be moved. And, and when I saw that healing in myself and just how much it changed my life, I was like, that's it, you know, and it just developed from there. So that kind of tied into both Beth and I's mission of you want to change the world. Most of us have some piece of that in us. You get old enough, I'm 49 now, that you realize you probably can't do that all by yourself. So the, the biggest leverage, the big, biggest vehicle I could do that is just by improving the way other people live their lives and the quality of life and the enjoyment of life, the calm, the physical healing, all of that put together and them being able to use their gifts and get out and leverage all of that in the world, you know, was just a way that's like, okay, well, we can magnify this to a higher power than I could ever do by myself. So, so and you, you mentioned that transition was kind of peak COVID. I mean, what did that, what did that look like? <laughs> yeah, that uh, it, it was interesting. So we definitely went ground up. Don't ever let a lack of resources uh, stop you. Anybody that's thinking about being in business for yourself. I actually started teaching by the lake down in Lewisburg, Kansas, uh, once a week down there. And I had one beautiful student that would show up <laughs> to start with. And you've just got to really steal your intestines to, to brace, you know, going from scratch like this. And uh, then it was two, and then it was three, and it built to a decent number. Um, got called back to the corporate job at one point, balanced that as long as we could. Uh, we decided to part ways, and then Beth and I leaned in full force into opening the studio. And, and to be honest with you, it was it's kind of a weird decision of looking for a place just to continue hosting yoga, mm -hmm. running into dead ends, 
you know, because you're asking somebody else to do a favor for you, mm-hmm. which well, if we can, I'd like to get back to that in a minute. But, uh, you know, just having the opportunity to grow your business, you know, and next thing you knew, we were signing a lease mm. <laughs> and opening the studio and it's nice. just rolling forward. So how fresh is the physical space? How, how long? Uh, April 1st, we opened. Oh, okay. So right. not super long then. Right. We did a soft open then. Um, I went through a pretty sizable surgery. So we closed for a couple of weeks. And, well, I slowed down for about three days. That the doctor's ass, it was two weeks. But, you know, we did that. And uh, we've just been trying to build it since. Um, to be perfectly frank, I know a lot of people like to just be all roses and sunshine. It's a very difficult process in this environment. Very slow. You know, it seems like... May, everybody was dealing with graduation stuff and life getting kind of back to normal. June, I think everybody figured out they could go on vacation and did. (laughs) So they all left. So here we are the other side of the 4th of July hoping that, uh, you know, everything starts to to come together. So. Right, right. So and as far as your studio space goes, and again, I'm going to nitpick weird details because I Uh, think some people find some things interesting. As far as your studio space goes, did you... Did you find like a, you know, an existing space, a dance studio or something like that that was kind of fitted out for, you know, with the wood floors or whatever, or did you do a bunch of renovations on it? No, um, and I don't think anything's by accident, but we ended up finding a space that was up for lease, a commercial space in a strip mall, and it was bare concrete floors. The plaster was just plaster. You know, they had redone one of the walls because there's a CrossFit gym next door, so there's a little bit of noise stuff going on. And uh, went in there, and she was eager to lease it, and just an amazing human being. Gave us a little bit of a budget for the uh, flooring, so I learned how to put hardwood floor down. Nice. <laughs> never done that. So. Yeah. But it's kind of cool. You got some sweat equity right. in it, and it saves you a lot of money when you start looking at you know the invoices and you have to pick your battles right so that got the walls painted and and the beautiful thing about the yoga studio is there wasn't a whole lot of equipment to buy there's not a whole lot to bring into it to start with so from that perspective you know it just the getting it to cash flow Mm -hmm. enough to pay your bills is your first survival goal you know and uh you know you can go down on different rabbit holes on which way to look at that is it a number on dollars is it a number on members whatever but just trying to figure that out so i have i have just a you know just enough to be dangerous as far as experience goes okay. in real estate and stuff like that you, you mentioned she was kind of eager to get it filled out did she and i'm not gonna ask you numbers but did she give you a deal did she as far as your lease term or is it kind of a standard like hey here's the amount and it's going to be an x year lease or was it kind of more of a flexible like hey we'll help you hope it goes well there was some flexibility there. Um, there were commercial agents involved on both sides. Personally, I, I would have preferred just dealing with her, but that's just not the way it worked out. Uh, I would say overall it ended up being fairly flexible. She had a number in mind per square foot that she charges. We were okay with that number, negotiated for the flooring. Um, our studio is a little different. We've got the walls all painted black. It's a very you know subdued kind of place in there. So there was... That, you know, you wanted to make the podcast about real skills for business. And, and honestly, that's one is don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid at all to ask. And you're, you're wanting something from them, but they're wanting something from you as well. And if that place doesn't work out, you'll, you'll find another one. So. And they know that. And, the, right. you know, especially in the, the, you know, 
people always throw around, oh, the, you know, the climate of the, you know, whatever, COVID, this and that. But mm-hmm. it's true that, you know, they're, they're just as eager, if not more eager, to get you in that space than you are to find any space. So. Oh, absolutely. They're still being taxed on it. They still have maintenance on it all day long. So, you know, having an occupied space. And I think we had one thing going for us is uh, we came to terms with the noise of the neighbor where I think the last occupant, and I don't know this for sure, but I think that was kind of the motivation for them to move along. Right. Um, and we've just found a way around it, and it works for us. So, you know, I think we were kind of a, a unique fit that came together at the right time for both parties. So Right. And was that, was that a, like a physical, did you install a wall with soundproofing, or is it at different times? Or Well, we, we kind of overcame it by... Uh, she did put an extra wall in there before we ever talked to her about it uh, for some soundproofing, and it's reasonably okay. You can still hear people shouting next door. You can hear weights dropping. But what I've found is we've got a, a dual AC system in there. Turn the fans to on. Turn your music on. You've got enough white noise. And, and really, it, it kind of brought back something from my early yoga practices, too, where I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old daughter running through this small apartment we were in at the time (laughs) while you're trying to practice yoga. And being able to just live that yourself of letting go of distraction Mm -hmm. and then honestly be able to carry that over your your clients Mm -hmm. is is valuable. And and nobody, I think it was a bigger thing in my mind, a bigger worry Mm -hmm. than than anybody that's been in it, you know, to enjoy the classes. Yeah, so not, doesn't look like it'll be an issue no, not at all. They're great neighbors. Um, there's a new Thai restaurant going in right next to us, so hopefully that's more foot traffic. Um, there was a Mexican restaurant when we signed the lease, and COVID took them out of the game, so that was some of the foot traffic we were counting on, so that was another surprise. So I would just say definitely be prepared for any surprises like that to pop up. You know. So something I'm going to be really good at in, in every episode I ever do here is being super ignorant of what the people do and trying to pretend okay. and relate. But, um, you know, I, I would assume that it, it operates on like a per class basis. So you're open during, you know, blank to blank during these days when you're physically hosting a class. Um, you had mentioned foot traffickers that kind of spawned this or maybe start thinking about it. Um, I guess signage on the door and, and phone numbers and websites would be how you'd kind of capture those people that walk by it and happen to see it or... Right. We don't have, uh, so one thing to consider if you're going to sign a lease like this and in a little detail, we forgot since this is a piece of a formerly existing space, like that Mexican restaurant used to be our space and that the, the restaurant that existed before the one that left. So there were only so many spots out on the marquee sign on the road. Mm-hmm. We don't get one. Oh, right. So we got some really beautiful, uh, vinyl graphics from a company, local, a local franchise of Fast Signs, did a great job. This sun-resistant, you know, black background, um, big, bold, you know, logo of ours with yoga with Thor's hammer in the middle. You can't miss it. I mean, it just is what it is for our Viking yoga brand. Mm-hmm. So that was great, and that was early spring, and then all the trees bloomed. <laughs> you couldn't see that so much from the road. Yeah. So we, we had a roadside, uh, just like a little yard sign mm-hmm. out there that I've actually, a lot of the clients said that's how they found us. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody decided they needed it more than us. So we're going to do that again in a different version, Gosh. <laughs> you know, but, uh, that brought traffic. We've done a lot of digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some kind of hard lessons learned there, maybe a little callousness 
towards some of the entities that are involved in all of that, you can really throw a lot of money down the drain quickly. So. Yeah. And I, so that's, that's what I do is I do media marketing. Obviously okay. we're a creative agency and it's, you wouldn't believe the number of people who I talk to. And that's kind of the first thing out of their mouth is like, well, I, I paid X amount of money to this company before and I got burned and you know, they'll have just real horrible things to say about you know, like SEO specifically is one that pops up. I pay this yeah. company so much, get me on Google and I'm not on there. And so it's like, you know, on top of being able to like provide my services and make that sale initially, whatever, I'm like battling the mistakes that the past company has made with the client. And it's, so I, I, I hear it all the time. I get it. Yeah. For us, it wasn't so much a, a company that we hired. It was Facebook and Google and me deciding to learn the hard way on what to do and not to do and right. what works and what doesn't work. I think our brand awareness is great with the money we spent. But then you learn like a lesson recently with the most recent Google campaign that we had. Um, you better have a call to action with a cutoff date because I spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars on Facebook and there was no sense of urgency. You know, it was just, here's this, here's that, here's this. And everybody knew who we were, but there was no call to action. And you kind of forget as the business owner that you're all focused in on, I have to have people in here that I can serve and provide value to, and we make a great exchange, but everybody else is in their life doing their things. So unless you make it urgent to them and make it, you know, something that they have to take action on, you can just light money on fire with yeah. advertising. So when people's attention spans are microscopic, so, you know, even if you're, if you're lucky, someone will screenshot, you know, the ad or, you know, write down your yep. website, bookmark it, yep. whatever. But if you don't get them to, you know, and this isn't obviously always the case, but if you don't get them to commit right then and there, just like you said, in some incentive to like, Hey, you got to do this now. You can't do it later. They'll, they'll forget about it. And you know, the fear is that they'll, you've planted that you have paid to plant the seed in their mind of, Hey, you want to do yoga. Well, then they'll remember three months down the line. Oh, I want to do yoga. And you know, you'll be very lucky if they remember the name of the company they saw with the ad, they'll mm -hmm. just get on, you know, you know, yoga company, Overland park, whatever it is. And you got to hope that you're up there. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I would highly recommend that anybody talk to you if you're an expert on that. But Google is by far my favorite. Um, I, I don't understand all the different levels that you can go into. But I know what, what really changed my mind. There was a guy on YouTube and I can't remember his name right now. Does a lot of marketing and business talk. And I'm a podcast junkie. Hence, here we are. Right. So. He, he said something that just smacked me in the face that was so obvious. He's like, people don't go on Facebook to make a buying decision. You go on there to snoop on their neighbors and argue politics with their high school, you know, people they went to high school with. It's like, where do you go to make a buying decision every time you get on Google? And it was just so profoundly true to me that I go to Google Maps anytime I want to find something to buy or service. And so that switched it. And then he had other stuff about how to properly use Facebook and Instagram, which was great. But I think... Like if I had a limited pile to use, it's going to Google, Yeah, you know, and signage and, you know, obviously th those are two big things we spent money on. But I think, you know, maybe I don't jump ahead too far here, but personal referrals has really been where the core of our business has grown. So that's, that's what we found too. You know, we, we've, we've tried anything and everything, you know, I've, I've done this for 10 plus years. So I've, you know, I've, I've tried anything I possibly could and, Somebody explained something to me and they said, what you're doing is, you know, hunt, kill, eat. And it's basically me going out and finding an individual person, spending all this time, you know, killing them, you know, trying to make that sale. And then I, then I eat for however long a week. Cause I got okay. that, I got that paycheck. 
And she said, you know, it's not sustainable. It's, it's very similar to pay-per-click. Um, so, I mean, you're not to get into a marketing lesson, but you're kind of two types of Google advertising or SEO and pay-per-click SEO is that organic ranking. If somebody searches for, you know, bakery Lenexa, the, you, if you're a baker, you want to be the one that pops up. Pay-per-click is to, to really kind of boil it down to its most simple form. It's bidding on clicks for a term. So you'd, you know, pay-per-click, yoga, Overland Park, whatever, and you'd bid 25 cents a click and you'd hope that nobody outbids you and, you know, you're the one that pops up on top. Um, but it's, you know, I, I don't know. I, I could go on and on about right. it, but it's um, what, what we found is it ends up being, you know, our, our most our most pro- trying to think of how to how to gracefully discuss it because I don't want to rag on anyone. But what we'll find is is the the clients we are most pleased with and that pay the most are ones that are referrals from clients that we've liked that have been pleasant to work with. Oh yeah. And it's, you know, if you find that you work with John Smith and he was super happy with it, you know, whatever, um, you know, the people that John Smith keeps in his circle that he's going to recommend to you are going to be the same. They're going to pay similar because they're just in similar points in their life and business. And, uh, yeah, that's, it's word of mouth and it's tricky because that's bad advice to give somebody is, you know, how do I get business? Oh, word of mouth. But I guess, okay, how's that work? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and I guess if you have to fill in the blanks, it's, you know, ensure that you're treating your customers right and everyone's super happy and come up with this obnoxious plan of, you know, follow ups and thank yous and whatever it's cards or messages or what, mm-hmm. you know, it's word of, you know, don't sleep on word of mouth. I guess I'm agreeing with you. Is, right. Right. You can't just sit and hope for that to happen either. Right. Know? And that's, you know, that's another huge thing that people do is they'll, you know, if it's, what movie is it? Signs where they say, if you build it, they will come something like something that. Like yeah. that. Right. And it's not true. It's, it's, you can't, you know, it doesn't Feel matter. Dreams, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter how good, you know, your product or your services, how beautiful your website is, your branding, you know, how great your storefront is, how prime the location is. And you know, for the most part, um, it's, you gotta, you gotta put in the work. And I don't think a lot of people do that. Uh, oh, that's so true. It's so true. I know that our product is good. Um, our referrals, like, Yes, back in the beginning, you know, how the yoga started to go, a lot of private clients originally. And those came as referrals from my wife's personal training clients because she literally changed their lives. You know, she deals with people with chronic illness, you know, people that don't want that oomph, oomph, big gym thing. They just want to live a better life. And she's done such a great job at it and then was able to refer some of them as private yoga clients because you do actually need both the strength training and the flexibility and strength, different type of strength training that yoga brings. So it was just a natural fit for us. But if we hadn't had her original business, there, there wouldn't have been any traction mm-hmm. at all. But I, I think where I was trying to go with that is not, not to sound cocky or anything, but I know that the people that have come in and enjoyed our classes have loved it. That's just not enough, though. You have to be able to draw more people in, you know, and, and, and figuring out that piece of business, it's interesting to me. I hope it doesn't um, defeat anybody else because it's, it's an interesting game trying to be the marketer, <laughs> trying to be the person that's cleaning the floors. You know, this is the typical business story, right? You're doing all these things. I do all of our website work, you know, all of that stuff, but definitely i think i would say lean on experts and you know you can't this if you don't have a huge budget provide value we've done a lot of trade on things that have led to more business as well so just 
never think, uh, I, I forget who it was. It was just an amazing quote recently. Um, name is going to come to me after we get done with the interview here. But he's like, don't worry about how many resources you have. Be resourceful. And you, you always have another way to, you know, to make something happen. And just taking that step back and breathing and just, I, I get accused of the constant iterations, but that's what it takes. You know, you just have to constantly be willing to not just grind, but grind and step back and breathe. Grind and step back and breathe has been my experience. So Yeah, and this is going to downplay a lot of people's struggles, and that's not my intention. But the thing that separates, you know, people who succeed and people who don't is just like, effort you know there's there's a million things that go into it sometimes you know things just don't work out sometimes something catastrophic happens you know you have to bring something to the table initially but a lot of it is simply just you know like you said just doing it and trying it and trying it again and and reevaluating and whatever it's there's always a million reasons not to do something and i feel like a lot of people you know, we'll, we'll encounter one hurdle or one, you know, bad week or uh, some stress and they'll, they'll allow that to be the reason they have failed or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And it's, I don't know if it's, if it's just how people are built and wired or if it's something they need to be really taught and reassured of, but. Well, I think we all have our unfair advantages. Another thing that I've stolen from somewhere that I listened to, but it's, it's true. You know, everybody likes to look at, you could pick on Jeff Bezos. Oh my God, look what he, well, I guarantee you it wasn't easy you know, right. in the beginning. And I guarantee you he had his top five, oh man, shouldn't have done that moments, you know, right. all the way through it. But yeah, it's just that, that being willing to get back up and do it every day. I think our unfair advantage, yoga brings you back from the edge, you know? <laughs> so if you're teaching five to six hours of yoga a day, easy to kind of stay calm right <laughs> you know so there's the unfair advantage but you might have the unfair advantage of finances that doesn't mean that you're going to win right away right you could that that actually scares me more would be having an unlimited supply of money to set on fire and not know where to put it properly so whatever your unfair advantage is and wherever you think you have a disadvantage they may not be the things or they may not be the way you perceive them right well and i I saw some video the other day, it was a TikTok, and it was it was going over, you know, five of the billionaires or whatever, mm -hmm. and it was saying, you know, everyone, it was mocking, and it was saying everyone always parrots, you know, that just, just do it, just try, whatever, and then it went through this list of people that said, you know, and I can't remember a single one of them, but it was, you know, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, uh, Elon Musk, all these people who, you know, oh, this person's family owned this, and this person was given a quarter of a million dollars, and all this and that, and like, valid and true, but, you know, it's... I think people are in this kind of day and age where people are really looking for reasons why they can't succeed. It's this kind of, and I don't want to get into it too much, but, it, you know, I was going to say this kind of pity party thing, but it really is. Everyone, you know, everyone looks at everyone else, and I think it's because they're conditioned. They're told this, and they hear about it, about, you know, all the people that fail or why the people that succeeded succeeded for reasons that, you know, maybe were not the case. Um, but I, I guess my suggestion to anyone listening would be don't, you know, I'll put it like that. I was going to say, don't let anyone convince you you can't do things. There's a Steve Jobs quote, and I try not to reference, you know, Steve Jobs and stuff. I, I like Apple. I like all that stuff, but it's kind of... I couldn't tell. You've got the old original Mac that my dad had <laughs> right. as a kid out here. Yeah. It's, it get, but it gets out, you know, overused, whatever. But there's a really, really cool quote, and if I can remember, I'll link it in the description. Um, 
where Steve Jobs is at Next, and if you don't know that whole story, it's really interesting. It's where he was you know, fired from Apple, and he started another super successful company, and that's what like the Mac computers are built on today was the software he built at Next. Anyway, he's saying, uh, you know, there, there's a day you'll realize that every single thing around you that you see, everything you touch, you see, you smell, you hear, whatever, is built by somebody that is no smarter than you. Mm. And you know, the day you realize that is the day that your life changes, and it's true. And again, that's, you know, my goal in this show is to be super relatable and realistic. And I, I say that with that in mind that, you know, there, there's exceptions. I can't go build a rocket probably, you know, I, I could, you might be able to assemble the people that can. Right. And you know, you can, you can get there. If you have a goal, you can get there, but it's, you know, every single thing, every, every millionaire around you, billionaire, you know, I get it. There's exceptions. Their family had influence. They knew people, they were in government, they, you know, had a loan, whatever, but, you know, if you went and met, you know, I'm, I'm 29. If I went and met 29-year-old, you know, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, whatever it was, like, I would bet in a lot of ways we were pretty darn similar. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the same similar mannerisms, similar fears, similar hobbies, you know, whatever it is. You know, everything around you, all the, you know, walk down the road and look at the, you know, the bakery and the pizza shop and the computer repair store and the, you know, whatever it is, like, it's... There's nothing stopping you from doing that. The only, you know, for the most part, overall, the only thing stopping you is yourself and, I guess, the people around you that want to tell you you can't, which is worse and should be even more motivation to try. Yeah, well, I'll just quickly say cut those people off if you're going anywhere because the whole crabs in a bucket mentality of people trying to pull you down to where they're comfortable in their misery is absolutely true, and that's family, quote-unquote friends, Etc. We'll just leave that one where it's at. It's a true get ready for it if you're going into business. Um, but I really want to zoom in on what you started that whole part about was looking for reasons why you can't. And I'll bring yoga back into it. If, if your direction and your focus is focused on reasons why you can't, you're going to be absolutely right. You're not going to. Mm-hmm. So good luck. You got you fulfilled the profi- you know, the prophecy that you built for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's a constant battle is just keeping your focus and attention on, okay, well, that didn't work. What can I do? Right. And, you know, we, we've we got a wall of struggle. I'm not going to tell you everything's wonderful, fine, but just keep going. Right. You know, and it doesn't it doesn't matter as long as don't, – don't lose focus on why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously there's a ton of books written about that word right there, why, that, and some of them I really love. But if you if you hold that close and express that in the value that you're giving to people and don't focus on why you can't do it, you're you're on the right path. Right. And I think that's that's you know, sound like a to beat a dead horse. I think that's like my primary goal for the show is to, you know, to talk to real people with real struggles that, you know, over time you'll start to hear these stories about like, yeah, this thing sucked. This thing was really hard. We messed up in this way. And it's like it's it's like the social media thing, the Instagram thing. It's like you only see everyone's best version of themselves, and it's all <laughs> yeah. fake and insincere. And even a lot of these business podcasts that I've tried to listen to, it was all, it was it was just people, you know, not lying, but you know, om- omitting their you know their their struggles. Yeah, why would you want it? That that's the most valuable part. Right. Well, everyone wants to be an influencer, and in order to do that, you have to gain some sort of respect. And I guess people do that by being you know this perfect image but it's you know knowing what i know if you're actually in business and you're doing it you see people fail yourself fail all the time you know that seeing these people after a while you know you start to see you know behind the curtain and it's that 
again, you're like the Steve Jobs thing. These people are no different than you. Like they just, they're just really good at hiding stuff. And it's, that's, you know, to, to kind of sum up my rambling is I want this podcast to kind of demonstrate to people that like, Hey, it's okay if you're goofing up, like everyone's goofing up. You're that's the normal part. And don't let that because, you know, don't let that discourage you because you're not seeing it all around you because it's happening in every single, you know, that was a really eye opening thing for me. So in, in my day to day, you know, we do marketing. So we kind of get, you know, we get people to kind of, you know, let us in and we, we kind of learn things about people and they get comfortable with us mm-hmm. and we start to learn about the struggles. You, you know, there's, there's not a single business on the planet, you know, go drive down Metcalf, Quivira, whatever, and look at any one business. That business has struggles. Like there's something on someone's mind in there about, you know, something going wrong all, every single day. Like there, you know, there's no finely tuned, perfect running machine. The, the biggest corporations are still, there's somebody within that company that is panicking about something and something has <laughs> gone wrong. And it's, you know, and that's okay. And your goal is obviously to have as little of that as possible, but know that it's there. And if it's happening to you, that's okay. Like it's, it's happening to every single person on the planet. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I would say that our resiliency in this business is, and, and I wouldn't say just like put yourself in jeopardy, but from catastrophic fails in the past builds that resilience, you know, yeah. and you don't go seeking it out, but take the lessons and get the value out of it. Move along. Don't make that mistake again. Right. You know? Well, and it's like, you know, I learned this with my, my siblings. You know, I, I was in a unique position where I was in my mid-20s and my siblings were, you know, 15 or so, 16. And I thought, man, I have, I'm in this, I have this opportunity to kind of give them these life, life lessons, just tell them in, in layman's like, hey, don't worry about this in high school. This doesn't matter. Make friends with as many people as you can, blah, 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 blah. You know, stop getting in fights, whatever it is. And it's, you know, what I found when I tried to do that was they, you know, plugged their ears and I thought, oh, is it because I'm too old, whatever? Like, I'm very relatable to them, with them, whatever. And it's no, you have to goof yourself to learn. It doesn't matter. You know, someone can come down from the sky and give you this perfect advice about, hey, don't do this and do this. And you'll say, nah, like I know better, whatever. Right. And you got to feel, you know, and that kind of ties back into what we were saying is you got to make those mistakes. They're going to happen. They're super normal. Like, you know, and that's how you're going to learn is you're going to goof a bunch. You're going to upset people and ruin things and ruin relationships. And, you know, you got to kind of screw up once to not screw up in that same way in the future. Oh, absolutely. And the way you just described that with your siblings uh, just reminds me of this prayer that somebody is in, in the middle of where they're like, God, why are you letting me fall down right now? It's carried me in the past. Well, you're never going to learn to walk, you know. Right. And it's just the way... That's the, the, the only way to truly learn something is to get out and do. Right. Um, I, I used to be the biggest analysis paralysis person in the world and kill that dragon. Just, <laughs> just oh, yeah. put a sword right in it and just go and, you know, be smart, but go and do. I, I, that's, that's something. So I've got a small list of things that I, I'm just like, oh, let's improve Nick as a person. Let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's what I call it decision paralysis. And it's, I've got so many options of things to do, you know, which direction do I want to take this, what do I want to do, that I will wake up three months later and realize, oh my God, I've been thinking about this decision for this thing that doesn't matter. You know, what I compare it to, and I've, I've done a number of podcasts on a number of different categories. I've done business podcasts. I've done podcasts about a game I like to play, all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff. And I've somehow managed to circle back around to this like once a month for the past like five years is Minecraft. 
like somebody's tapping you on the shoulder. Well, it's yeah. you know, but it's a silly <laughs> example of Minecraft. So I don't know how familiar you are with it. It's a it's a block building game. You do whatever you want in the game. But what I'll do is something really stupid. I'll plop in and I will find myself spending three hours just walking aimlessly looking for the perfect house to build or the perfect spot to build a house. Okay. Which, you know, by when you know, you build a house and you're happy with it, oh yeah, it did turn out good. But then you realize, oh man, I spent three hours, you know, and I've lost three hours worth of progress and three hours worth of fun in real life, whatever it is. And, you know, who knows what have happened in that three hours, you know. And this is you can't one to one compare it, but you know, in a business sense, you know, say you and some nameless person that you don't know in the same city wants to start, a, you know, a bakery on this street. You spend three months, I have to perfect my recipe. I really need the perfect name, the perfect domain name, the perfect brand, whatever. Well, that person said, screw it. And they kind of went with whatever. And, you know, assuming that they didn't make a bad decision, they've got three months ahead of you. They've you know, three months more experience. And it's, it's just, just, you got to just do things. Well, and that's, yeah. I'm glad you started this podcast because there's so many business podcasts and so much business advice out there that tells you, well, make sure that you perfect your business card. Make sure you've got your LLC all lined out. Make sure you've got this. Make sure you've got that. And yeah, a lot of those things are very important. You do need to get them done. But stop trying to perfect everything before you get going. Cause right. Who cares if you have no customers? Good luck. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You know, you're, it's like we were talking about with the ways you market. It's like everything can be perfect, but if you, you know, if you're not doing it, if you're not, you know, we were talking about marketing, about presenting yourself to people, but, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, that three months that you're dwelling on it and not opening your doors and whatever is, is that's three months lost forever of zero business, three months of life gone. Oh, I'll tell on myself. I've got one of my favorite list apps on the phone is to do. Mm-hmm. And it's horrible because sometimes I, I don't get in there right away. And when you see an item on there that's been on there for 100 days and you think about it like you just said, and you're like, oh, wow, what would have happened if that happened 100 days ago? Right. Instead of sitting here trying to figure out how do I get more people's attention on Facebook or this or that, you know, if I'd done that one small thing that would have leveraged everything. So you're going to have those moments, but. Right. Well, and you know, this this it's not a, a direct solution for it, but what you were talking about was, um, Earlier, you you were talking about cut the people, cut the people who are against you out of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll take it a step further and find a way. You know, do it honestly, whatever. You know, don't do it kind of for your own gain. But surround yourself by people that, you know, maybe maybe can't help you. That's what I was gonna say. But that can can you know are like minded. Are you know surround yourself with business owners that if you're going into business that are that that can share with you and you can share with and you can rely on. You know, I went. So, so, so long without having a single business owner in my circle, in my friendship, whatever. Um, and and the day that I started befriending business owners that were real business owners that were actually doing things and that I could relate to and I could gripe to. And, you know, we go out for lunch and I could say, man, this thing sucked. You know, <laughs> it's it's it really takes it out of you. You know, I'll, the example I'll use is like, and again, I'm not saying cut this person out, but, you know, if you've got a girlfriend or something that just doesn't doesn't understand business doesn't get it whatever you'll go through the spiel about man my day sucked this thing happened and the response you'll always get 100 percent of the time is you know man that sucks. that's it and that's where it stops and it's like fuck like that doesn't help me at all yeah, like yeah. i'm <laughs> i need more <laughs> right well yeah. and, you know you surround yourself by these people and to tie it into what you were saying about everyone says oh perfect this and that you know you'll drive yourself crazy trying to do all this by yourself but Man, get somebody in your circle that's done it before that's, you know, really there to kind of help you and is a friend 
It's not just a networking opportunity for you or them. And they'll kind of, you know, it'd be hard to find a, a genuine friend that's also a business owner that isn't just desperate to help you. Right. You know, that's been me. You know, you, you can't casually mention a business idea to me, you know, a silly invention or whatever, because the next day I'll come to you and I'll say, hey, here's the domain name you can buy. Here's how you get your hosting. Go to this website, register your LLC, file this mm-hmm. patent. Like, you can do it. You can do it today. And, it, you know, there's... We're going to have to talk afterwards, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, there's... Just surround yourself by, by people that want to see you succeed and can relate to you, you know, as, as best as you can. Yeah, and I've always been a person that, um, regardless of the environment or the person, there's usually something good that you can harvest and, you know, sift out of. So even if I don't agree 100% with somebody, but they've got something of value and we can make that exchange, that's I'm all in on that. And one of those examples is one of those other kind of, you know, high, uh, I don't want to say higher level, but not specific business podcasts, you know, had, had a great statement where they said, you, you always want to have five people that are at the level that you want to get to that are helping to lift you up. But then you also want to be that person, like you just said, that is looking for that five or so people down there that are trying to get to where you're at and that are serious about it. And you get that spider sense of who's full of it and who's really going to do it. But, and that's, that's really what it is. You know, I had the opportunity for about five years to work for a rather wealthy family. And I saw people that were content where they're at, but then I saw people in the family that were building new, exciting things. And they, like you said, they could not want to help people more. So anybody with these ideas of, I have no idea who Elon is as a person. I think he's probably pretty cool. I don't know who Bezos is. You know, he's got a bad rep. That is not going to, neither one of those guys are who we think they are. Cause we, we, it's just a veil. So don't, don't just automatically discount that people are not approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think some of the best advice too on that is make sure you're bringing some value too mm-hmm. and not just taking, but right. Yeah. Right. Well, and like you said, at the very beginning, it's like, you know, just ask, you'd be surprised how much you can get by just oh asking. God. I wish I had known that in high school with girls. I, I did not know. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's just, yeah. In so many different aspects of my life, you know, I've, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that because I've told that to people is like, you know, you'd be, you'd be amazed what you can get by asking. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, business relationships, you know, go, you know, if you, if, if you have a, if you have a hurdle in your business, it's a genuine hurdle and it's not a self-imposed thing, you know, you can't afford the rent, you can't, whatever, you know, go find somebody who has a blank, an empty building that sat vacant for a year and say, Hey, what if we, you know, what if we do this share? What if you give me a break? What if, you know, whatever, like the worst thing that'll ever happen is they'll say, nah, I can't do that. And then you're right back where you were, but you've kind of gained some sort of negotiation experience. And every time you do that, you level up your communication skills. Absolutely. You know, and it, and it can apply to anything. You know, if you, if you're trying to produce a product and you, Quotes, quotes are an interesting thing. You know, you go to a business for, you know, a, a, a supply, a, a material or whatever, you know, they, everyone has wiggle room in everything they do. You know, it's, hmm. if something's too expensive and you're trying to, to do something and, you know, that's the only thing stopping you, there's nothing wrong with saying, well, hey, can you do better on it? Can you, you know, whatever. Absolutely. Let's, yeah, you have to. Right. But people, you know, people are, I think people are just, you know afraid and nervous i think it's nerves is what stops a lot of people from doing a lot of things and it's 
just you just got to realize it's, it's kind of like you said asking a girl out in high school it's like you know yeah it's gonna be really intense for a minute and it might suck for a second and then <laughs> right after it's done you know you've either benefited from it or you are exactly where you were before you yeah. know you get to walk away from that conversation and you're right back you know nobody's walking out on the street and putting a gun to your head you know you're right. you're fine <laughs> right. you're gonna survive yeah. right and it's and you you know after the first couple of those it's like driving a car for the first time or whatever it's everything it's, yeah it's nerve wracking the first couple times and then fine you learn that oh this is normal this is okay and that's that's when your business really starts to kind of excel because you're you become this negotiator and 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 that brings something to mind for me and i've had to i have to constantly reapply this to myself so basically what we're talking about is being afraid of a door shutting in your face Mm -hmm. go find something that you're the most terrified of that you're the most uncomfortable with for me it would be i you know go go take a job in a call center or something i hate being on the phone i don't want to cold call people but probably a bad example, but find that thing that you're not comfortable with, go kill that monster first. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them start becoming like, okay, yeah, I can do that. That's not a big deal. Right. Right. That, yeah. That was a lesson took me a long time to learn was that, you know, you're, you know, I'll, to, to make it sound really dramatic, like pain is temporary. Like it's, you know, the stress, the anxiety, whatever it is, it's super temporary. It goes right away. You know, it's, and once, once you learn that, that like, oh, those things stopping, the, the, your own self-imposed blocks, you know, once you get past that, it's, you know. and they're all imaginary. They're so, right. I don't know if you're familiar with the, there's a former Navy SEAL, uh, David Goggins does ultra marathons mm-hmm. and he's just flat out proven. I mean, your mind is where it's at. Mm-hmm. You'll stop yourself with your mind or you can just go beyond your limits. Mm-hmm. And I tend to believe a guy that runs a hundred miles in the last like 15 of it has a torn hamstring. Like you can do crazy human things. Right. You know? So, asking for a lease <laughs> asking for this those are kind of down here so go shoot for one of those things that just terrifies the living hell out of you right get that off the list and and build that confidence right we can easily you know i don't know that you ever overcome it but we you know we are our own worst enemies you know we mm-hmm. we're our our biggest critics and our you know we're the the loudest person in our head or in oh our ear God. telling us not to do a thing and it's you, you know, it, I don't think it ever really quite goes away. You always kind of have the thoughts or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's once you learn that, oh, I can navigate this. Like I can, I can play this. I can work with this. Um, a lot of, a lot of doors open, you know, a lot of opportunities pop up and you're so right. It never goes away. I just had that conversation on the way here with my wife. I was like, just out of the back corner of your mind, still this little occasional imposter syndrome pops up and you're like, get out of here. I got this, you know, it's just, but it, it never just entirely goes away. Right. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. And I, all the stuff that we're talking about right now, like that's, that's, I think the benefit of having a nice, like tight, you know, relatable circle, you know, whether it's a mentor and you're actually outright telling this person, that's another thing you can just ask for is like, Hey, teach me please. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, people are, Real business people who are doing real businessy stuff and they kind of eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff get super excited to, you know, to to share wisdom and to educate and whatever. That's and that not always, you know, some people are antisocial, some people are very busy. I get it, but you know, it's like with a hobby. You know, I bet I bet everyone on the planet has a, a hobby they really love. You know, whether it's a game they like to play or an instrument or whatever it is. If somebody comes to them and says, you know, hey, you know, this thing you like, you know, it might even be yoga, like, hey, I'm kinda of curious about yoga, like I bet you light up and you say, "Man, I would love I would love to tell you about yoga." Uh, yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm like I'm the introvert at the party that once you crack that can on whatever that is, I'm probably not going to show. 
Right. Like, yeah, you get super excited about it. You're like, okay, right. let's do this. Yeah. Right. And surround yourself with those people and and you're you know, you'll find that your fears will go away because you'll have people who have experienced the things and they'll tell you like, dude, it's no big deal. Just you know, it's huh. you're good, do it. And and one thing I wanted to touch, I'm probably running your clock way over here, but um, you know, our unfair advantage in our company is that we're husband and wife that can work together, be around each other all day, and it works for us. Some people can't imagine that. But even that being said, with what you were talking about, wanting to relate to that girlfriend at the end of the day about how bad this thing sucked. Occasionally you get tired of, I'm sure she gets tired of hearing me talk about this thing and that. And that's why it's so valuable to have that other business owner. And for me, it's my cousin, Dan, out in Washington State. He owns a home inspection business. And then they opened a men's you know, hair salon right before COVID. So he's felt all that pain, you know. And like the other day, just being able to talk to him and you think you're down here. And he's like, no, you're fine. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's going to go away in a day or two. And having that person that you're not only calling, but they're checking in on you because they're invested in you. It's, it's invaluable. Mm -hmm. And I, and I need to do a better job of building that team, that circle of people, honestly. Vicki, um, this is something I gripe about a lot, like just privately, personally, to like people I talk to is, you know, it's, it's hard to network with people. It's hard to network with people that are serious because every business owner, you know, as you start to get into it, you realize for every one person that's actually doing it, there's nine that are just BSing or putting on a show or won't actually ever do it or whatever. And, you know, trying, you know, being out in the world looking for somebody to talk to, they've experienced those same things. So when you come to them and say, let's be buddies, I also have a business. They're going to say, ah, okay, heard it a million times. Yeah, networking groups. That's, that's the thing I was actually going to gripe about. Right. It's like, you know. I can't do it. Yeah. Well, it's because, and, you know, and I apologize. If, and if, if you take offense to this, you know, you're probably part of a networking group that's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, my experience 100% of the time has been a bunch of people in these whatever tier of businesses you want to describe it as, you know, consultants for a big giant company like pyramid kind of things. And nobody, nobody cares who you are at all. They're there to talk about themselves. And while you're talking, they're looking at their phones and whatever. And you know, which referrals, I get it. There's a, there's an element to it, but it's really hard to, to befriend those people who are serious and want to listen to you. So when you find them, you know, try really hard to give them the time and to, you know, like, let them know like, Hey, I'm interested in you beyond what you can do for me, but for, you know, as a person, you know. Oh, yeah. My, I, I think, and, and now that I think about it, I've got a bigger network than I just consciously think about. You know, one of my friends is a, a, a bariatric surgeon. I don't like just talking about yoga with him. I like deep diving into what, what are you doing? You know, what's, what's going on with your business side of your practice and your life and everything else? It's just incredibly interesting and then you get a student that's an attorney and it's like you know those those conversations just start to build there and then you're invested in people but yeah I've never met anybody and had anything real at a networking group and it's it's the opposite of my personality anyway grab the microphone for five minutes and shout you know and that's just what Instagram feels like to me anyway and, and I would accuse ourselves of it too is that you're just they're broadcasting everybody's broadcasting they call it social media. I, I've been so hungry. Like I'll go to Google once a quarter and look, is there a new place where there's people really being social? Cause yeah, you can find them in some of the groups and stuff on Facebook, but just people that'll deep dive and, and actually connect. And yeah, we got all these connections. Now we've got the 5,000 friends or whatever, but nothing solid. Right. You know? 
Yeah, and it it can be really, and that's again, it, it kind of ties into what we're exactly what we're saying. But like, it can be really depressing seeing that. It's like, wow, I can't relate to anybody. I can't find anyone who will help me. Whatever. It's like, just keep at it. They exist. You know, there. It's it's uh you know the pe- it sucks because the people. Let me compare it to Craigslist. So I play music, mm-hmm. um, and we found we'd get on Craigslist, the musician section, to look for musicians. It took us a long time to realize that the people on the musician section looking for a band to join are not in a band for a reason. And you, you know, you apply it to business. It's the people that are out there talking about their business all day, every day. You know, and this it's ironic. It's not lost to me that I'm having a podcast talking about business right now. But <laughs> the people that are in Facebook groups are going to networking events. Like you know, the people you really want to befriend are the ones that are having enough success that they're not doing that. They're not wasting their time. They don't have time for it. Like they're the people that are just quietly running their businesses that you never see, you never talk to, which makes it really difficult to find them. But that those are the kinds of, well, I think you nailed it earlier though. You're going to find them, go do something you enjoy. They're going to come in your orbit. Right. You know, and instead of, cause if you're coming at them in that business environment, like you said, they've got the armor up cause they're like time for somebody that's not serious. That's a good way to put it, which again, it's, it's like crappy advice to give to people, but it's like, oh man, go hike, go find a hiking group or something of a photography meetup group, whatever you like to do. And you know, it's, 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 I keep comparing it to dating because I think business can be a lot of, similar in a lot of ways that it's, you know, it's, it's a numbers game in a lot of ways and you have to put your, you know, you have to play to win. So you have to put yourself out there. You got to go talk to as many people as you can talk to, make friends, you know, have business cards, give out your, you know, whatever it is your your number, your Facebook, whatever, just make as many connections as you can because it's, you know, if every one out of a hundred people is a business owner, like it's, it's what we were talking about earlier. It's like, you can't sit and expect things to happen. You can't expect to, you know, your business to succeed or to make valuable connections. And it's, you know, you just got to get out there. Yeah. And I'll just keep doing this the whole podcast. I'll bring it back to yoga. It really is about balance. So you can't just sit, but you can't get so frantic that you look desperate, you know, so there's balance there. And the thing you were just talking about, get out and join a hiking club. Absolutely. Because the worst trap that I put myself in is where you're thinking about your business so much that you're not really getting anything done, but you're just spinning your wheels. Go, go do something else. And that person that you need to come in contact or that call or that email, whatever that thing is, is going to come in, take a break, be with your family, just, you know, absolutely balance that piece. And, and I'm the worst that I call myself out on it all the time and check myself and I'm like, okay, yep. And, and without fail, you'll run into that person that has the advice you need, doesn't even know they're delivering it to you sometimes. You know, you'll, you'll, that thing will happen while you leave it alone, you know, and it's just, it, it's hard because you do have to, like we said in the beginning, you've got to have the effort. Right but you got to apply it in the right places and that's hard to figure out. Right. Well, no amount of stress will change your future. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it can, it, you know, if, if you thrive on stress or whatever, um, it can change your future. It can affect it negatively. You can stress so much that you, you know, make a bad decision or you burn out or you, you know, you blow up, whatever it is. Um, but like, you know, I just apply this to life in general. It's like when things upset me, it's like, man, being mad about a thing is never going to affect it. Nope. Let's drop it. Let's move on. You know, take a break. It's just, it's the balance, you know, find the things that you, you like, make time for them no matter what, you know, go, 
go relax, go, you know, whatever it is, go play your game, go hiking, go to the pool, whatever it is that you like. Fully embody, fully embody your little weird thing. You like to make fly fishing lures, whatever, do it. And you're going to connect to people or, you know, it's just going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think we covered a lot of like really valuable (laughs) points here actually kind of on accident. Um, well, hopefully that's the way that it, the good stuff happens, right? Right, so. hopefully. Um, but as far as, you know, as far as you and your business and stuff, so what's, and this sounds like the kind of dramatic ending question of, I, I was going to say, what's next, you know? But, you know, I guess what's next long-term, like what's next short-term? Like what's your, you know, you're going to hire somebody, you're going to, what's what's kind of immediately on your radar? Immediately on our radar, we did bring in some teachers thinking they were going to bring their following. That didn't, uh, not their fault at all but just the climate we're in, like things right. are just kind of strange in the yoga community. Uh, next thing for us is just uh, surviving the cash flow game, you know, so that means more private yoga clients for us, more personal training clients for us. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be really cool to see that whole thing flip where the business model, you know, the, the numbers comparatively just go crazy the other way. And it's just staying dedicated and being able to show up, you know, um, probably covering ground we already did, but I can't tell you how many classes I've showed up to and stayed through that there were no people. Mm-hmm. If you're not willing to do that, it's not going to be easy. So, you know, what's next for us is looking at different ways to do things, mm-hmm. you know, really trying to make genuine connections to people, which is so hard right now. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's a tactic. We'll talk about it again some other time on fa- Facebook that I'm kind of trying out right now that feels like the most real and genuine thing I've ever done on Facebook, which is saying something about doing anything on Facebook. So if that pans out, I'll let you know. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going a couple of different directions on that and just breathing and just letting, not sitting back idle. It's, it's so hard to describe that, but just leaning into it and knowing it's going to happen. Because our long-term goal, which you can find on our website, I think there's still a link to it, um, we, we have an agriculture background too, of sustainable restorative agriculture, still have some sheep and, and a goat and a guardian dog. We, we pared down from 300 head at one point, but anyway, moral of the story, we're going to, we're going to build a yoga retreat on about a hundred acres or so. It's going to have that there. It's going to have a farm table restaurant. It's going to have, you know, the bed and breakfast kind of situation going on. So we know you know, that's another great piece of advice I got from somebody is I can see the 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 uh, summit of Mount Everest way out there. Mm-hmm. And that's great. I know where I'm going. And then I've got to immediately look down. Mm-hmm. What's the next step? And then remember to pop back up. So, yeah, we're just we're just leaning forward and uh, just trying some new things, you know, and just see what see what works. Nice. And so remind everyone, you know, who you are and what you do and where they can find you. Yeah, I'm, I'm Brian. Uh, my wife, Beth, is the personal trainer. I'm, I'm the yoga instructor and photographer for the fitness photography. Also do a little bit of free nutritional counseling. We just give that out for free. But uh, we're at Sunflower Studio in Southern Overland Park, 148 Metcalf. Uh, you can find us at sunflowerstudiokc.com. Um, just go visit the website. Make me feel good about all those long, lonely hours at night, totally redesigning it from yeah. scratch because I had an idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, just come visit us. We've got a five-day free trial for yoga for new students. You can come in and take as many classes as you want. Um, 
that's something if you believe in your products, pretty easy to do. So right. oh, yeah. just come see us or give us a call at 913-747-5325. Nice. My cool. wife always answers the phone. That's not me. <laughs> so there you go. Well, yeah. Anyway, thanks for uh, sticking it out and watching, listening, whatever. Um, you know, hang tight for the next one. Thanks. <laughs>